Hello, hello, hello! You're listening to Big Easy Ideas, a podcast that features live recordings from New Orleans Entrepreneur Week and builds connections at the intersection of innovation and culture. New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, or NOE as the locals like to call it, is an annual event across the city of New Orleans every March and is a celebration of startups, innovation, entrepreneurship, and what's next. Learn more and check out ways to get involved at neworleansentrepreneurweek.org or noew.org. And now, on to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to a new season of Big Easy Ideas. I'm Sean Mulligan, Programming and Event Coordinator for the Idea Village. I'm also the lead singer of a New Orleans soul band called Sean Hobbs and the High Res, and I'm very excited to be your host for this season. This is the first episode of Season 2 of Big Easy Ideas, which is focused on culture tech. Culture tech is an emerging industry identity that we're continuing to define and support through the Idea Village, alongside the many partners advancing culture and technology throughout New Orleans. We think of culture tech as redefining the relationship between consumers of culture and creators of culture. Music, film, gaming, and other art forms are being pushed in new directions with the introduction of new technology like Web3 and artificial intelligence. New Orleans' vibrant cultural communities have the opportunity to lead and build the infrastructure for the next generation of culture tech, further defining the space for decades to come. The Culture Tech theme at NOE 2022 was presented by the New Orleans Tourism and Culture Fund, or NOTCF. NOTCF is dedicated to supporting cultural industries and culture bearers of the city of New Orleans through partnerships, grants, and programs, and they continue to be a key supporter of the Culture Tech content presented at NOE. In this episode, we'll hear from Gil Hildebrand in a non-technical talk on Web3, why it matters, and how you can participate. Gil is the CEO and founder of Gilded Finance, a company that allows businesses to easily accept crypto payments and pay team members in crypto while delivering on financial reporting requirements. Gil brings an extensive background in cryptocurrency and the overall Web3 space, and his company has been an early leader in onboarding others into this space. Gil and his company have been actively involved in building the Web3 community in New Orleans and at large. Towards the end of his talk, he mentions an online resource where his team has compiled articles, newsletters, and podcasts to help people take their first steps into Web3. You can find that at bit.ly slash web3 for everybody. That's bit.ly slash web3 4 everybody. And now without further ado, Gil Hildebrand. So I'm Gil from Gilded. We help businesses who are diving headfirst into this new economy. They dive into the deep end of the pool. Uh, They start swimming, but they realize in order to keep doing that, they need support. So we help them scale by solving a lot of the back office challenges around payments, around accounting, financial reporting. Uh, And we are based here in New Orleans. Um, So this talk is Web3 for everybody. But before we get to Web3, we need to talk about 
blockchain because it's really important that we all understand what blockchain is. Just kidding. <laughs> Look, the technology is important, but I was able to drive here just fine without knowing how the internal combustion engine in my car works, right? So the technology is world-changing, but let's focus first on what it can do for us, and that is community. So Web3 enables communities to form where they never could form before, and not just locally, although we do have that too, but we have communities where people have never met each other all over the world. And get this, not only they, can they form into communities, but they can create things of value and actually be able to benefit from the success that those creations have on the world. So we're truly living in a different era. The past 25 years have been a blur. You know, the internet came around and started the information economy. And then we got to all the platforms that are out there that basically dominate our lives today. But now we are shifting to the ownership economy where people can actually have a stake in the success of what they do. So this is a screenshot from IRC. This is Web 1.0. When I got on the internet, this is what it looked like. And this is basically a chat server that someone set up that you could join. And it turns out a lot of people would create these chat servers and anyone could create one. You had to know where to go, where to find one of these communities, but it was decentralized. It was interesting, it was engaging, but also look how technical and geeky it looks, right? And so that was Web 1.0. There was all these different people creating you know, novel ideas, novel technologies, and there were communities forming around them, but the tools weren't great. And then along came platforms and the Web 2.0 era. If you concentrate all of the effort on a handful of user experiences and platforms, it turns out you can create a product that is so compelling that the entire world will shift to it. We will all be using our phones, we will have a new way of working, and clearly we all recognize the impact that that has had. Web 3.0 is about ownership. You get that decentralization where communities can form, but without the struggles of Web 2.0. I mean, you know, Facebook, now called Meta, you know, how many people are in love with them these days? Nobody. Everyone knows the platforms rule our lives, and that is a problem. We need to take that back. We need the benefits of decentralization, but without the problems that the platforms bring to us, without the fees that the platforms extract from us, and we need to be able to benefit from what we give to the world. And that's Web3. So just to summarize, let's just look at some logos here. So we've got Web 1.0, the information economy, we've got Google, Yahoo, AOL. In Web 2, all the platforms, Facebook, Google, Instagram. And in Web 3, the ownership economy, it is wide open. No one's owning this yet. The people are owning this, and the technologies are being developed. This is why it's such an exciting time to get involved, because we have a chance to not only participate, but to help create and to own a piece of this new economy because it's being built from the ground up. We don't need to understand what Web3 is, we need to understand why 
it matters. And it all goes back to money, right? It's always about money. If I gave you a $100 bill right now, would you take it? Of course, right? But there's a, there's a problem when we go digital in that information economy. And the problem is that if I then scan or and print out $100 bills, would you take it then? No, because it's worthless. When you make a copy of something in a digital fashion, you can make one copy, you can make 100 copies, you can make a million copies. So a digital record of ownership is worthless because you can make as many copies as you want. And this is why the information economy where all the world's information was digitized was majorly impactful, but there is still a lot of progress to be made. So we're gonna dive more into that. And the truth is that when you send money today, if I send you that $100 bill, unless it's cash, which we all know is going away, that $100 is going through a bank, one way or another. I don't care if it's Venmo, if it's a wire transfer, uh, or any other way you might get the, the money from one person to the next. And that bank is a middleman. That bank has inefficiencies, it has fees, it has uh, you know, normal business hours. Uh, but with crypto, you can convert your dollars into tokens that basically go directly from one person to another without that bank. It's open on weekends, it's open on President's Day, it's open on holidays, and by the way, it is global. It's anywhere in the world. So now, not only can we communicate with people anywhere in the world, we can transact value, we can be part of communities together. And it turns out that you can tokenize not just money, you can tokenize anything, any record of ownership, a house, a piece of art, uh, a ticket to an event. When you tokenize something, you create a digital record of ownership that is similar to digitizing information. So yes, it's verifiable, it's tradable, it's sellable, it's loanable, it's uncopyable. That is the amazing thing is we figured out this breakthrough, and this is what blockchain has done, has figured out how to make a digital representation of ownership that is uncopyable, and that scarcity is what makes it have value. That's why people would accept a tokenized ver version of, of some ownership is because they know that it's uncopyable. It is legit. It's being passed from one person to another. So when a token represents money, they call that cryptocurrency. And then there's NFTs. So when you tokenize anything else of value that's not money, it's an NFT. Now, what does NFT stand for? People would love to, to dive into that all day. But can I tell you what DVD stands for or SMS? And I'm a tech guy. I have absolutely no idea. It doesn't matter. The, the, what you can do with this technology matters. Okay? Uh, and, and of course, if you're, if you're technical, like dive more into it. But we're going to focus on why this is impactful. So it turns out that when you tokenize a record of value, that it can actually form communities. So why are these apes, which now go for hundreds of thousands of dollars or more, why, why would someone pay for that? Well, it's, a, it's just a, a JPEG. It's a, it's a picture, right? But there's only one of those. It's uncopyable. And not only that, if you have one of these, you are part of an exclusive community. 
and it's access to events, it's access to people and connections. Just like if you graduated with a degree from Harvard, you're part of a community, right? You had to pay for that. In this case, you may have paid for it, but you may have earned it. And that is such a key part of this new community, uh, of this new economy that is so exciting. It turns out that these communities that form online um, that are based around blockchain and Web3, that they can even launch their own tokens. And these can be cryptocurrencies, they can, these can be NFTs. And if you were a part of one of those communities, as it forms, it turns out that you may actually receive some of those tokens, just like if you were a founder of a company and you received equity in that company. And you can do that in a more equitable way so that if you were a user, if you were a supporter early in the game, you benefit from that. Can corporations do that? If you became an early customer, are you going to benefit if the company is sold? Absolutely not. In this new economy, you absolutely can. So a Web3 community is called the DAO. And in a DAO, each member has the power to vote based on their level of participation, how many tokens that they earn. Now, what can you vote on? Well, that depends on the DAO, but it can be you know, everything from how the treasury is used uh, to you know, what kinds of activities that the DAO wants to have, what kind of events that the DAO uh, wants to run. And in this way, we're not talking about the top-down leadership that companies have. We're talking about bottoms up. Now everyone has a stake and a say, and imagine how much more engagement you would have if you actually had a stake in the success of what you're working on. So here we are again, back in Web 1.0. Imagine for a second that you had a fax machine, uh, and many of you in this room at some point in time faced this dilemma. Someone says to you, you should get an email address, and you say, well, why would I want to do that? I've got a fax machine, and so does everyone else, and I know that I can use it right now. I don't have to figure out how to use it. I've got one, um, and it's great for sending information back and forth. And the, the person with email said, no, listen to me. This is way better because you can send uh, as many you know, emails as you want to. You can send one and receive one at the same time. No busy signals, and you know, it works anywhere in the world. Like, whoa, that's amazing. And you as the fax machine person said, okay, great, but who's using it, right? So there's this problem where when a technology like this is new, there's not enough people using it. And it's easy to miss uh, the potential ramifications it's going to have when you think, well, no one's using it yet. And so uh, I would encourage everyone to have an open mind about why it's important to get started in this economy now, as opposed to when it's obvious that this is the future. And I'm gonna do that by showing you some statistics. But before we do that, let's talk about crypto wallets. So if you wanted to, to, to start sending and receiving emails, what was the first thing you had to do? You had to go get an email address. In the old days, there wasn't even webmail. You had to go uh, download you know, Outlook or some other app and, and get an email address. And that was how you participated in this new information economy. Okay, now, if you want to participate in the ownership economy, well, you need a crypto wallet. 
And it turns out that a crypto wallet is free, just like an email address. So you can go ahead and, and get one. This is MetaMask, and it is a browser plugin for Chrome and whatever other browser you use. And the cool thing about this is that it's integrated into your browser experience. When you hear that a website is Web3 enabled, in many cases, that means you can actually log in or transact using your crypto wallet as your identity. And so let's take a look at what this looks like. In Web1, everyone was using usernames and passwords, and probably the same six-letter password for, <laughs> for every single situation. And in Web2, people said, nah, forget those passwords. You have a Facebook account. Let's use the Facebook account to log in. One button click, but now Facebook controls your identity. And as we talked about before, when there's middlemen, there's all sorts of issues. There's uh, rent-seeking, there's data privacy, and so many other concerns. And now Web3, well, th this is great. Now we're, we're still at one button, but we are decentralized. There's no platform, there's no middleman that is in the way. And it turns out that this is growing fast. This chart of the monthly active users of MetaMask, I believe now, as of now, I think there are over 20 million users now. So um, this is hockey sticking straight up. And imagine if you saw this chart for email, you know, way back in the day. Why wouldn't you want to get started in this now? And hey, this isn't just in the U.S. This isn't just in you know the tech cities, the Silicon Valley. This is worldwide. You know, the Philippines, Vietnam, U.K., China, um, almost every single continent on the world. I'm sure someone in Antarctica has got a MetaMask wallet. And this, this is my favorite chart. I love this chart. So uh, I'm going to walk you through this. The green line that you see is the number of people who have had internet access uh, over the course of the internet's history. So on the left side, you know, this is the early days of the internet. And on the right side, 25 years later, the number of people that have access to the internet. And the gold line is the current and future projected growth in the adoption of crypto wallets. Now this chart too, I think is, is maybe a year or two outdated, but I think you would find that it's trending along the same line. This is the next big thing and it's already here. It's, it's time to dive in. So I convinced you to go get a MetaMask wallet. And now you're wondering, well, what, what do I do now? How would I get involved in Web3? How do, how do I you know, become an owner now? Well, there's a bunch of things you can do, so I'll just give you a couple examples. The first thing you're going to need to do is to buy cryptocurrency. That is the gas for driving a vehicle uh, figuratively in Web3. You need cryptocurrency in order to interact with protocols, to transfer value back and forth, to buy NFTs. Once you buy some cryptocurrency, you can trade one crypto token for another. And remember, Tokens can be currency, they can be you know, uh, movie tickets, they can be art, and you can actually trade all these things on decentralized exchanges 24 hours a day with no middleman, directly peer-to-peer, -peer, and the genius thing about this is it just moves at the, the speed of the internet. Another thing you can do, and this is probably one of the more fun things, is you can, look, you can go to OpenSea, which is like the Google of NFTs, and you can actually just browse around and look for NFTs that you might want to buy. Now, remember, NFTs are more than just art. So 
as you're doing that, you can actually start to look up the artist. Like, who, who is this that, that's selling the NFT? Does the NFT represent just a piece of art? Or is it actually a community that's forming around this collection of art? And is this a community whose values I believe in? Is this a community that I want to participate in? And it's actually really easy to join one. But you have to be curious, you have to browse, you have to look around and see what's out there. Now, another cool thing you can do, once you have a MetaMask wallet and some crypto, you can buy yourname.eth. That doesn't point to your website, it points to your crypto wallet. Because remember, now, your crypto wallet can be your identity. It can be a passport. It can show others what communities you're a part of. If you're just looking for more to do, there's something called Rabbit Hole, where you can complete quests that will teach you more about crypto. You can join Pool Together, which will enable you to invest money while also participating in a lottery. If you're feeling lost, don't worry. Uh, it's a brand new era. If anyone tells you they're an expert, they're probably not. Um, we've all been there. You know, so stay curious. Don't be afraid to participate. It's wide open. There are so many things that are low cost or free. And you can join Discord groups. You can, you can be part of these groups. And now is the time. If you want to dive deeper, you can go to bit.ly slash web3 dash four dash everything. This is a, a group of resources that my team has put together to help you along the way. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Big Easy Ideas. Big Easy Ideas is produced by The Idea Village, a nonprofit accelerator that supports startups and cultivates entrepreneurial talent in New Orleans and the greater Gulf South region. By visiting ideavillage.org, you can learn more about how to turn your idea into a thriving business and how to turn your business into a high growth startup. You can also learn more about opportunities to invest in startups ways to mentor, partner, and support local industry-leading companies. You might also find a job in our region's thriving tech and startup community. The idea is, it takes a village. So visit ideavillage.org to explore how to get involved in the Gulf South's rapidly growing entrepreneurial ecosystem. The music for Big Easy Ideas is by the Young Fellas Brass Band from their new album, Block Party, which is available now on all streaming platforms. You can find the Young Fellas Brass Band on the streets of New Orleans and at their website, youngfellasbrassband.com. That's fellas with a Z, young F-E-L-L-A-Z brassband.com. And of course, we want to give a special thank you to all of the sponsors of New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, in addition to the year-round donors and supporters of the Idea Village, who make this work possible and keep this content accessible to all. And finally, thank you for listening. We can't wait to see you down in the Big Easy. Until next time.